Welcome, teaching others also. This is Thursday morning, January 13th, 2022. Here we are. We're thir starting 13 days into the month. How about that? Now, <clears throat> we're doing Psalm 1. We're talking about focus in 2022, and we're focusing it <laughs> out of Psalm 1. I'm going to read the psalm. I'll make a couple comments from yesterday, and we'll move on to verse 3. We could spend a, a lot of time in these verses. Uh, I'll say this to you. I was watching a fellow who uh, is a fly fishing guide. Just a little video he'd posted. Uh, he shows about how he ties flies, you know, that are quick because they go through quite a few as guides. Their customers lose them in the trees or they get bit off or whatever. But he did a little video on why do we do this. And he pointed out that in his case, he doesn't make a ton of money out of it uh, doing the videos, but he feels like he had a responsibility because of how much he had learned over the last 30 years by people who taught him and read books he has read of them and classes he'd went through through the years. And I would say this, it, it, it sparked in my mind, why do we do what we do, some of us? In my situation, for example, there's, there is no financial profit from it. It costs to do it. And I'm happy to do that as long as I can. And also, it's because we've been given something. We have a heritage. And when God calls you and gives you a heritage, and through the years, you know, you, you're always willing to not do any more talking, if that's what He wants. I am. Uh, I don't have to talk to have an identity. I don't have to speak the Word of God, you know, and teach it to feel good about myself or any of that kind of stuff. And the reason we do it is it's a stewardship. And it passes on to others. And that's why... All through these years, uh, years and years now, a couple decades, I've called it teaching others also. In fact, longer than that, when I first went down under, before I ever went there, that was my theme, was I was going to spend my life, when that people got saved, I was going to spend it teaching others also. The whole idea is that they would go and teach somebody. Uh, they recently played a, I didn't watch it or anything, didn't have time to, to be honest with you, but they played a college national championship and the two coaches knew each other the one coach is younger and he learned under the guy that he beat finally one of the first only of this fellow's disciples that he beat defeated his team did and the thing that that impressed me so much was that that's really what you want you want your students to go beyond what you can do i would want anybody that i've taught through the years to to go further and further on now, I'm not talking about popularity. Some do popularity and they have, they have literally fallen by the wayside, you know, financially or morally, uh, doctrinally. But at the same time, that is what you really want and desire when you're teaching others also. Uh, Paul's desire for Timothy and Titus and the other men that he trained was that that would be the case, that they would go beyond and that they would then teach others. Now, I don't know if you realize it, but here we are sitting in 2022, approximately 2,000 years later, and what I'm hearing and what you're hearing, uh, what we get to hear constantly is the result of somebody back in Paul's day named the Apostle Paul. He would teach others, then they would teach others, and they would teach others, and so for 2,022 years, so to speak, okay, 
That's what they've been doing, and that's what we need to do. You don't know. You say, well, he's coming back. He is. In the meantime, you better be doing what you ought to be doing, and that is helping others. I've always felt that it was such a serious thing to what you talk about. I know fellows that are pretty smart. They're much smarter than I am, and I admit that. And they're real smart. But they're spending their time getting people to think about things that are just literally conjectures and ideas and not helping them get, keep and stay rooted and grounded in the Bible like this person in the book of Psalm 1. And so we've talked about that. We were talking about why the, why the law of the Lord in verse 2 yesterday. I'm going to give you some S's real quick and move on to today's. Uh, the, the law of, the, of God, the Word of God, is the seed of all good thought. It's the source of good motivation, which would be God motivation. It's the sword of the Spirit. It's the surety of success. It's sanity in spiritual matters. You see, man's dominion was marred at the fall. In it, they're still trying to cross the boundaries and swim with the sharks and conquer the seas and all that and, and defeat the boundaries. Uh, the moral boundaries and the country boundaries, national boundaries, racial boundaries, all the stuff they're trying to defeat. They're trying to pull off the Tower of Babel, and it's not going to happen, and you know that. So when we come to this passage, we've talked about in his law, but in his law does he meditate day and night. So the entire psalm says this, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He's out of focus with this world. Verse 2, but, here's what he's focused on. She is focused on. They are focused on. Someone asked me, I guess maybe it was yesterday, one of the days this week, uh, you know, I mentioned that uh, there's not gender in heaven, and there's not in the sense of plural gender. God's He. I can't change that. If you want to change that, then you can wave your fist at Him till you're blue in the face, until you... Pass off this earth and stand before him. And then you're not going to say a word to him. You're going to bow your knee and say, how foolish was I not to listen. And it won't be because I said it or somebody. You're not going to get to debate him. You're not going to get to pass any laws against God. But I said that to say this, that we should all want to be like the Lord Jesus Christ and like God in heaven. Let's take gender quickly. Man, woman. Woman's name comes from man or gender. Because at heart, we are the same creatures because of how God made us. Male and female, a different kind of male, okay? And when you want to elevate yourself out of what God told you to do, I'm not talking about misogyny and oppression and all that rubbish. But when you want to get out from under or sideways or above where God made you, that is Luciferian Isaiah 14, please read it, Ezekiel 28, here's what he said, I will ascend, I will be like the Most High. He wanted to be above God. He was the second of everything. The only one above him was God. But that wasn't enough. And that has wreaked havoc and trouble and death ever since. So, when we delight in the law of God, when we meditate in it day and night, then he said, and he shall be, not gender specific. He, she, shall be, what? Like a tree, not just like a tree, but like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. 
Now, I'm going to take and probably will not be able to get right through it this morning, but tomorrow morning I'll continue this. I want to talk about this overall picture. Remember, I've told you so many times, get the forest before you get the trees. So let's get the forest of this, this tree. And notice that he's going to bring forth fruit. He or she will bring forth fruit in his season when it's appropriate. And the leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever they do shall prosper. Now, is it talking about any kind of prosperity? It can't be. Nothing in this world is all about everything. It's either of God or it's of the world. That's so simple. And if, if you don't overcomplicate it, you'll go a long ways with God with this. So I'm asking you to do something. Turn to Romans 11 for one thing. Romans 11. And do that for sure. Romans 11. Okay? And then if you, if you can, get at John 15. John 15 is just another reference to what we want to look at in Romans 11 to the idea of a tree. A tree that's planted by the rivers of water. Now, understand, he said, I am the vine, okay, and ye are the branches. John 15, 5. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. You can do a lot of things without God, but you cannot do anything that counts for God, that counts in eternity. I don't know how often you think about this, and there's times I have to remind myself that if I'm doing temporal duties, but I'm doing them with the unseen eye, an eye on the unseen, it's counting for heaven, because it doesn't seem sometimes like the immediate temporal duties matter at all once you get a picture of heaven and eternity and the Lord. And once you see how ridiculously empty this world is. But God will give you so many different blessings. And He does it to help us understand this world. So it's like a tree. Now, beware limiting which tree it is or getting so focused on the tree instead of the forest. Okay, Get the type first. Understand this. Adam kept the trees in the garden, Genesis 2, before the fall. So even those trees, had, he, it, it, his job was to dress it and keep it. So fruit-bearing trees have what's called a husbandman, someone who looks over them, and our husbandman is God Almighty. When Adam fell, of course, that dominion was greatly marred. But fruit trees have to be tended. Now, you and I as a whole, it don't matter what country you're from, and honestly, it doesn't matter if you call yourself a Jew nowadays, because we all get in the same, okay? But look at Romans 11, and I'm going to start an illustration today and finish some of it tomorrow for us to understand what this tree he's talking about in Psalms 2 is like. Big picture. The forest. Forest is the people that God saves and wants them to bear not just fruit, but more fruit. And then in John 15, 5, much fruit. Now watch. Get this. This is amazing. You ready? So in Romans 11, he's talking to the Gentiles. Verse 13, For I speak to you Gentiles, and as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. And what he's doing is he's going to remind them that Israel came to a point where they didn't choose Jesus Christ as their Messiah on the day. It goes all the way up to Acts chapter 7, another whole study in itself, but at that point, they refused him, his last offer for now, and Jesus is standing when Stephen sees him, and when Paul writes, Jesus is seated, 
And he's waiting for the father to say, go back and get your saved people, your bride. In the meantime, Paul is teaching us what happened. So picture that God and his people are a tree. Just like you talk about a family tree. Okay? Well, this is God's family tree. And he didn't change and plant a whole new tree in the New Testament. Instead, what he did was he broke off a branch of that tree for this time period, this couple thousand years, and he broke off a branch, and then he grafted in. And this is an amazing truth in your Bible. So read with me. For if the, Verse 15, If the casting, of them, casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Now watch. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, wert grafted among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. And get this picture. And he says they, didn't, they were not broken off for your sake. They were broken off for rejecting Christ, but you got an opportunity. But watch. Verse 24, please. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree which is, by, which is wild by nature, and wert graft, mark these three words, contrary to nature, into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own fault? olive tree. So when they come back, <coughs> which is a mystery, verse 25, God's going to put them back into the, the whole family tree. But get this thought today, and we're going to pursue it tomorrow. He graft us in. This is a process they use constantly in growing fruit trees. They use it in other kind of things. But I want you to note, verse 24, mark it, contrary to nature. The process we'll look at in the morning is actually the reverse of what they do in nature, but it's a grafting. The picture is you wound the root to insert the branch, and the branch grows as a result of the root. And we're going to talk about in the morning how it's contrary to the nature, the way God did it, but it's why we can bear fruit, Psalm two, Psalm 1, verse 3, and we can bear it abundantly. I pray you just meditate on that. Chew on a little bit. We'll see you first thing in the morning.